This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. Will there be a debate of the Republican Senate candidates before the June 21st runoff election? Well, that is the prevailing question following the primary election this past Tuesday, where Katie Boyd Britt and Mo Brooks came in under 50%, thereby requiring a runoff race. Primary candidate Mike Durant is out of the race. He came in third out of the six candidates. Durant was blamed by Brooks and Britt for being the lone holdout who wouldn't agree to a debate between the three of them before the primary voting took place. Now Brooks is revisiting the whole debate topic. He even talked about it at his campaign headquarters on Tuesday night while primary returns were coming in. Alabama's Republican Party leadership were the ones seeking to organize and hold the event back in April, but those dates never materialized from the Durant campaign. Now the state party says they're poised to hold another one if Britt and Brooks agree. State School Superintendent Dr. Eric Mackey has released a public statement on school safety and response following a school shooting in Uvalde, Texas. Mackey spoke to WSFA News in Montgomery, saying the communication is a critical key in these types of emergencies. Mackey also confirmed that 10 different protocols have been implemented within schools here in the state as a result of advisement from the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency and a state safe task force that was created in 2018 by Governor Ivey. Mackey says that one aspect of the protocols involves mental health counselors, as well as implementation of surveillance cameras. He says that school resource officers have also been hired and added to these schools, but not at every school here in Alabama. The superintendent says that putting an SRO in every school remains an ongoing discussion. At the Lee County Jail, an investigation is now underway after an inmate has died. The Lee County Sheriff's Office is part of that investigation, along with the State Bureau of Investigations from within the Alabama Law Enforcement Agency. The inmate that died was a 58-year-old male who was found unresponsive in his cell on May 25th. CPR was administered, but not successful. The SBI has determined that foul play is the cause of death. The other cellmate, who is a 34-year-old male, is now being questioned as the suspect in this case. Birmingham can no longer boast of being the big city in this state. The Magic City has now dropped to third place when it comes to population. Huntsville is number one. With over 216,000 residents, and Montgomery just bumped Birmingham down a notch by coming in at over 198,000 people. Birmingham is currently at over 197,000. As of 2020, the Birmingham metro area, which is outside of the city proper, stands at 1.1 million people which still keeps it as the number one largest metro population in the state. Huntsville metro area has over 481,000 residents. Alabama native and Apple CEO Tim Cook has now donated $100,000 to the Robertsdale High School Marching Band. Cook was a trombone player in the Golden Bear Marching Band when he attended Robertsdale High School. The donation money is being used to buy new instruments for every band member to use returning next year. Earlier this week, band members were walked into their room with 30 brand new instrument cases in the middle of the floor. When they found out these were new instruments for them, they were absolutely stunned. The marching band at that school has grown three times the size it was just five years ago. And that is something to toot your horn about. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton believes that arming teachers and other personnel is a key way to deter 
any school shooters like what happened earlier this week in a Uvalde elementary school. 19 children and two teachers were shot and killed by a teenage gunman who was then taken out by responding police. Paxton spoke to Newsmax TV following the tragic event. Yeah, I think I think the program that we voted on when I was in the Senate, I think it was 2013, we put together a guardianship, guardian program and a marshal program where teachers could be trained to defend the school. Marshall program was a more intensive, almost like you're a mini police officer. Guardian was less. But schools that have had put that in place, so far there's not been a single school that has had an attack like this. I think it is a significant deterrent for a shooter to walk into a school and have no idea who has a gun and who doesn't. A poll that was conducted by Rasmussen Reports on May 14th, which was right after the Buffalo, New York supermarket shooting, shows that the majority of Americans do not believe that gun control is an effective preventative measure to mass shootings. 50% of those polled did not think stricter gun control laws is the answer. 40% did, and 10% were not sure. 60% of likely voters that Rasmussen polled did not believe that it's even possible to completely eliminate mass attacks. A Louisiana pastor has now won a legal case that was taken all the way to the Louisiana State Supreme Court by lawyers here in Alabama. The Foundation for Moral Law represented Pastor Tony Spell, who was given several citations back in 2020 by parish authorities during the COVID-19 lockdowns. Spell contended that his First Amendment rights to religious expression and practice were violated when the Louisiana governor issued emergency orders that limited the number of people who can congregate at the church, but also provided exemptions to other businesses that were deemed essential. Attorney John Eidsmo talked with me at The Daily Detail about how Pastor Spell's case is a victory for further religious freedom and should inform other pastors how to stand up for their own church and constitutional rights. We're trying to establish a couple of things. First of all, the Louisiana Supreme Court decision is binding on all courts within Louisiana, but not beyond Louisiana. And if we get a favorable decision from the Fifth Circuit, that will apply to other states as well. But secondly, in the Louisiana, the court simply said that the state has to give equal treatment to the church as against other organizations. And as Pastor Spell said, I am thankful for this decision, but we believe the First Amendment guarantees more than just equal treatment with other organizations. We don't see anything in the First Amendment about free exercise of shopping or free exercise of liquor purchasing or movie going or other things like this, but we do see free exercise of religion. And so we believe Religion is placed in a favorable position, preferred over over other activities. And we're hoping that in the Fifth Circuit we can achieve that. I will say these are federal courts of Trump-appointed judges who understand the Constitution, who have ruled in favor of churches and against mayors and against the state in situations like this. And so quite a few others have stood up like this and I think others have been encouraged to do so by the ones that have stood up. Next week, I'll share more about my conversation with uh, attorney John Eismore, as well as attorney Matt Clark from the Alabama Center for Law and Liberty, where we discussed a few different cases that are going on here in Alabama, as well as on the national level. In case you still aren't convinced that Hunter Biden's laptop computer is authentically his and all the emails on it, 
The Washington Examiner is now confirming that it truly does belong to Joe Biden's son. The media outlet hired a former Secret Service agent and cyber forensic expert to conduct a full forensic exam of that computer to determine if there are any signs of tampering. Konstantinos Dimitrilos has testified as a cyber forensic expert in over 100 classified criminal and civil cases at a state, federal, and international level. Dimitrilos has concluded after his examination that the emails, documents, business records, text messages, photos, and travel records are authentic. He used a technique called digital sandwiching to determine that Hunter Biden is the only person capable of producing the data that was found there. This latest report, which was put out by the Washington Examiner, also forcefully refutes any claims that the laptop is some sort of Russian disinformation project. You're listening to The Daily Detail. From 1819 News, be sure and check out Right Side Radio and host Phil Williams as he talks about Joe Biden and his tone-deaf response to the tragedy in Texas. President Biden, on the two-year anniversary of the George Floyd uh, incident up in, uh, where was that, Wisconsin, Michigan, I forgot now, I'm so sorry, I think it was Michigan, he literally had a presser to sign an executive order to tighten the restrictions on policing around the nation to call for police reform, in his opinion. Unbelievable. The level of tone deafness is out the door. This would have been appropriate to have waited on. I understand he's got different views of policing, that he's got the whole liberal mantra about, well, the police should be there to try and, you know, they're not there to uh, arrest and help people. They're, They're there to just, you know, become community relations experts. No, they're not. Anyway, Thank you to the men and women in blue who do the things you do every single day. You're going to hear that on this show constantly. First responders, thank you for what you do. Here's what the executive order, this hollow piece of paper that he signed today does. First of all, it creates a national registry of officers that have been fired for misconduct. Okay. All right. Ostensibly what it means is um, you can't, you know, move from one district to another if you've been fired for something. They don't define misconduct. So what does misconduct mean? Well, maybe it means you didn't get along with your supervisor. Maybe it means something else is going on. But no, they're going to create a national registry now of police officers who they deem to be fired for misconduct. It's also going to do this. It's going to encourage state and local police officers, police forces, excuse me, encourage state and local police forces to tighten the restrictions on chokeholds, okay, and so-called no-knock warrants. You know what a no-knock warrant is? A no-knock warrant is one in which you sense imminent danger. You have reasonable expectation that there is a threat to life, limb, or property past the door. And what they don't want to do, though, is, you know, let the police officer have the upper hand. Because a no-knock warrant means you've got to kick in the door and do what you've got to do. But no, 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 no. We have to knock, announce ourselves, and give them time to pick up their weapon so that when the police officer comes through the door because they won't respond, because they knocked, the, the, the guy on the inside is there ready to blast away. You're putting police officers in more danger. You're, you're making them out to be the bad guys. And then it also says this. They want, it wants to restrict the transfer of military equipment to law enforcement agencies. Well, what the frick does that mean? You know what that means? Is that, well, we don't want to militarize the police forces. Why the frick not? I mean, first of all, the, the big one is you don't need armored vehicles. Yes, actually you do. Have you ever seen a SWAT team under fire? 
Have you ever gone on a, uh, a drug roundup? I have. Have you ever gone at four in the morning to the crack house to serve a warrant and had it go bad? You know what you want? You want the ability to have an armored vehicle to get between you and the shots being fired by the bad guys. But that's the lightest piece of this. I mean, okay, let's say we take out the military vehicles. Well, how about the military weapons? Because law enforcement agencies can't afford to buy, you know, off the shelf. How about helmets for the SWAT teams? How about body armor? How about things that don't do anything except help the police officers to be protected and to do their job? And it's all surplus and you're getting rid of it. So, okay, I tell you what, let's sell it to Venezuela. Let's don't give it to our police officers. That makes no sense. That's the most tone-deaf piece of executive order crap that I've seen. And it came the day after police officer heroes put themselves in the line of fire trying to save kids in Texas. You can find more of Phil Williams at rightsideradio.org. You can get more of the daily detail by simply subscribing on either Spotify or Apple Podcasts. That way the reports come directly to your phone or electronic device. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again on Monday. Until then... Have a fantastic weekend. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.